we are in Advent, which explains the passage just read. It's the time, the church season, when we look to the various promises of the return of Christ. As I mentioned in our introduction, it's a frequently confused time of the year for people. Advent is the last few weeks prior to Christmas. And so Advent is often mistaken as a way to look back at the looking forward to the birth of Christ. And often this confusion is compounded by how various church activities are scheduled and the sermons which are delivered are, along with the rest of our culture, already thinking about Christmas rather than Advent. With all that said, and I hope understood, let us look at how Jesus began to prepare his disciples. And through them, because it was all written down, prepares us for not just his death, but his return in glory at the end of the age. Now, when I read this passage from the 24th chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew, I thought to myself, Jesus really should have opened his comments, F-Y-S-A, for your situational awareness. Now, in many ways, this is like the more commonly understood FYI for your information. But it conveys more meaning. FYI can simply be a way of saying, this is something that you ought to know. It may not have anything to do with what you need to do. Simply, it's something you ought to have in your total collection of knowledge or information. FYSA, for your situational awareness, carries with it the idea that you need to be aware. Something is occurring or may happen that you are going to need to react to. While not being a full-on warning, for your situational awareness is a matter of giving alert. And here in our Gospel passage from Matthew chapter 24, Jesus puts his disciples on alert. Jesus starts by saying, this is going to happen, but nobody knows when except God the Father. In other words, you need to be aware, be watchful, be ready, maintain your vigilance, because this is important and it will happen. We just don't know when. Then Jesus gives emphasis to the scale of the event. It will be like the days of Noah. That should put the warning at the top of the list for anybody's priorities. The Noah flood was cataclysmic. The days of Noah, the entire world was destroyed except the few that were saved. Noah, his family, and the collection of animals which were preserved in the ark. They were kept present while everyone else was swept away, while everyone else was taken away. 
Jesus warns the coming of the Son of Man, that is Jesus, that's how Jesus speaks of himself, will be like the days of Noah. It's important to recognize a few things in Jesus' description. That description, as in the days of Noah, because that simple phrase packs a lot of meaning that Jesus then begins to explain further. Everybody was doing back in the days of Noah. Everybody was doing whatever they thought they ought to do as they thought they ought to do it without any consideration of God. They lived their own lifestyle choices right up to the last minute when suddenly the rain caused a flood and the flood swept them all away. Then Jesus states, so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. So we've got Noah, his family, small collection of animals, kept in place, preserved, everyone else swept away. Everyone else taken away. The non-believer, the non-ready, the one who is just doing his or her own thing without regard to God's will, like in the days of Noah, swept away. An early commentary, it was written prior to the year 700, describes this passage saying, Before the flood, people were fleeing from the fear of God and doing nothing for His glory. Everything they did was only for their own flesh. Whenever they ate or drank, they ate and drank only to satisfy their bodily desires, not glorifying God as the apostles had commanded. What Christ wanted to say here is that it will be like this again near the end of the world. At the end of the world, the destruction will be universal and sudden like it was in the days of Noah. Just as every creature of earth was destroyed in the flood except only those who escaped in the ark, so also at the consummation of the world, every heresy will be destroyed, but only one ark will be saved, the church of Christ composed of the righteous. Everything outside of the ark died in the flood, Likewise, at the end of the world, whoever is found to be outside the one true church will perish. And just like in the days of Noah, there are those that are preserved. Jesus gives us some examples. Two women grinding in the mill, one swept away, one preserved. Two men working in a field, one is swept away, One is preserved where he is. Now, it's important for a few reasons to recognize that those who are preserved are those blessed by God. Those swept away, those taken away, are taken away to their death. How do we know that? Because Jesus says plainly, it's like in the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, those swept away are those being swept to their death. When St. Luke records these same words of Jesus, Luke includes more detail, more of what Jesus said on that day, and we see the dreadful end for those taken away. Luke records for us this. One will be taken, the other left. And they said to him, Where, Lord? Jesus replied to them, Where the corpse is, there the vultures gather. 
Now this understanding of what it will be like when Jesus returns may be directly opposite of what many Christians believe. There are praise songs that teach and novels tell stories about those last days and what they believe being taken away means. But it is without any doubt what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches those taken away are being taken to their death. Those who are kept and preserved are preserved unto God's glory. And so when there is a debate between pop songs and novels versus the Bible, it's best to choose the Bible every time. Okay. We now know what's going to happen. We know how serious it is. But what does that mean for us today? Because that's really the point of reading the Scripture and expounding upon it, not for a history lesson so much as why that sacred history still is important today. What it means to us, the most important part of the entire passage for us is Jesus' closing comments. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Be ready. Be prepared. Be watchful. How do we do this? How do we ready ourselves? It's rather simple. We do as Jesus instructed us. First comes His commission on our lives. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Then comes the works of mercy, which Jesus says shall be the basis of our judgment. Jesus tells us, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. Enter into the glory of the Lord. In other words, worship Pray, study the scriptures, tell other people about the Jesus we wait for, and share your blessings with those that need to be blessed, those that are without, those that are in need, those who are lonely and without friends. By these means, we follow Jesus' alert and we are ready. Amen.